We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. March has arrived and we are only weeks away from the big tournament. Yes, that tournament. Make sure to head to Bet Online and open an account today to get in on their $100,000 Bracket Madness contest that starts on March 15th. And remember, the NBA and XFL are still going strong, so whatever your passion is, Bet Online is the place to be for all your betting needs. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner, Bet Online, to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and make sure to use that promo code BLUEWIRE, that's all one word, BLUEWIRE, for your 50% sign up bonus that's free money folks just by using the promo code blue wire that's b-l-u-e-w-i-r-e all one word bet online your online sportsbook experts blue wire Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. Kittle is going to go. Touchdown. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Candlestick Chronicles, the 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name's Chris Biederman. I cover the 49ers for the Sacramento Bee. With me, he is back. You just heard him on that ad read. It's Kyle Madsen of NinersWire.com and a producer over at 95.7 The Game up in the Bay Area. Kyle, what's happening? Uh, you know, I am trying my hardest not to get sick right now. Yeah, same. And I'm I'm trying my hardest to also not like uh, overthink it and panic. Um, I want to take the coronavirus thing very seriously. Um, and I understand that 
you know, I've, I've been doing the reading and, you know, it, it isn't, I like, I'm a, I'm a healthy adult, but I don't want to get it and like be out in public distributing it. Right. So that's my like biggest concern. So I'm really trying to just make sure I'm staying healthy. I feel like I've got a little bit of a sore throat coming on. I'm taking tomorrow off from work. Um, and just being extra cautious with my, um, you know, with my, my day-to-day activities. Yeah. I've been washing my hands like crazy. Uh, mm-hmm. when I am out in public, I have one of those little bottles of Purell in my pocket at all times. Um, and it's kind of scary, you know, like the city of Santa Clara last night declared that there aren't going to be any gatherings, public gatherings of at least a thousand people. Uh, which includes Sharks games and potentially San Jose Earthquake games. And uh, so, you know, obviously we're we're a long way away from the NFL season, but it is worth noting the 49ers play in Santa Clara, of course. And so, you know, you have to wonder down the road uh, how the NFL is is observing this um, and what implications this all could have on the football season that's still, you know, six months away yeah, fingers um, and toes crossed this isn't still a thing. Yeah, and and more I mean more immediately I found out this morning that I'm not going to be going to the owners meetings in Palm Beach, Florida, which I had planned to go to um at the end of this month. Uh and I do kind of wonder if those owner me- owners meetings are going to get canceled because right. they are kind of a big deal and and we know people um of that age group specifically, you know, elderly people and and many of the nfl owners owners are um i guess those people are the most susceptible to the virus so you do wonder um if that event is still going to go on and and you know that's not really something for us to discuss too much on on this podcast but it is it is kind of a scary thing and um so hopefully everybody's safe hopefully everybody's just washing their hands being mindful of how they feel like you are happy you're taking tomorrow off work staying home um, and so, uh, with that, we will do the always awkward transition into less important sports talk. Um, and we're going to start this podcast by talking a little bit more about the Tom Brady discussion, because since we last talked about it and, and I had Matt Barrows on the pod last week, um, and Barrows and I talked about it and I've, I've definitely poo pooed the idea and, and I haven't really changed my stance on that, on the idea that the 49ers, should or will seriously consider bringing in Tom Brady. But as time has gone on and um, I've thought more about it, I've talked to some people about it and and I've heard other opinions about it. I I do think it's important that uh, we do talk about some of the nuances of the discussion, particularly with free agency happening uh, a week from now. The the tampering period is next Monday. It starts uh, next Monday at 9 a.m. local time, which is Right when the franchise tag window closes, the franchise tag window was pushed back two days. So that'll be interesting to see because, of course, the 49ers have a couple or at least Eric Armstead is a is a franchise tag candidate. Now, if there's no CBA by then, uh, which means the, the ratification will not go through the Players Association by the end of this week when the voting ends, then there's a chance the 49ers could have two tags at their disposal. Um, So maybe we're talking about Emmanuel Sanders or Jimmy Ward also getting a tag if the team decides to tag Eric Armstead. There are a lot of moving parts, and and I don't want to take up too much airtime diving into that. But um, in in the Brady case, the the thing that I have asked 
in my head and to other people and, and to the Niners themselves without hearing much back is that why not come out and deny the Brady thing or stick to Jimmy Garoppolo publicly like you did at the combine. And and the reason why I asked this is because it would put the whole story to bed. It would, um, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo wouldn't be twisting in the wind publicly. He wouldn't have to turn on, you know, I don't think Garoppolo is really tuned into sports talk radio or podcast or anything like that. He listens but, to every episode of Candlestick Chronicles. Well, yeah, undoubtedly. But aside from us, like everybody's ha- talking about this Brady thing and a lot of people think the 49ers should move on and because and Brady's an upgrade, yada, yada. Um, so I was wondering why the 49ers haven't just come out and said, look, we're sticking with Garoppolo um, he's going to be our guy like they did at the combine sort of before this whole Brady thing blew up uh, basically from the East Coast because people reporters sort of with made educated guesses saying they think the 49ers would be a realistic possibility. And Matt Mayoko on his pod uh, that came out earlier this week made a really good point in talking about Garoppolo's agent, Don Yee, who is also Tom Brady's agent. And And I think the best point Mayoko made about it when asked with Laura Britt or by Laura Britt specifically why the 49ers would not come out and um, do the and and say you know release a statement saying Garoppolo is our guy like we said at the combine we plan on moving forward with him etc etc is because they might be doing ye a favor here so no matter if the 49ers are staunchly with Garoppolo and they're not going to get Brady it would benefit them to have a good relationship with Don Yee and a way to continue to, to build good faith with Yee is to, is to look publicly like a possible destination for Brady, thus driving Brady's market, maybe raising his price, having other teams act with more urgency to get a deal done with Brady and and get all the wheels in motion to create an environment where Brady would fit better than the 49ers in theory and that would benefit the 49ers even though they they would be sticking with Garoppolo in this scenario because having a good relationship with Yi benefits them because they do want to redo or theoretically they could redo Garoppolo's contract create more cap space just have a solid working relationship with Yi Um, And that to me made a lot of sense because I was trying to wrap my head around it like, why aren't they just coming out and doing this? Because John Lynch did this last year with Solomon Thomas. You remember when the Niners drafted Nick Bosa, there were reports and rumors that the 49ers were actively shopping Solomon Thomas. And John Lynch made a statement uh, denouncing that idea pretty quickly. and, And he didn't really hesitate on it. And I was thinking like, man, with all this excuse me, with all this crazy stuff happening with Garoppolo and Brady, like why doesn't John Lynch or Kyle Shanahan just issue a statement through the PR staff, you know, to all of our emails to sort of put this thing to bed. And I realized like it makes sense because, you know, if they look like a possible destination for Brady, then that benefits Brady, whether or not he, they actually are a destination for Brady or not. So I think that's the reason why. And also the other point is like, that Mayoko also made like Brady's one of the best players of all time. It would be kind of disrespectful to just be dismissive. Like, nah, we're, we're not going to, we're not even going to consider Brady, you know, like it would, it would be kind of a, uh, like a slap in the face a little bit publicly to like, 
one of the best and then you wonder you know how that would impact the relationship with don Yi and, and how willing he would be to renegotiate garoppolo's contract and all that stuff so those are just some thoughts i had um i i'm i still would be very 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 surprised the if the 49ers would actively pursue brady but there is a there is a case for it. what do you think of that that idea and that theory why the 49ers haven't come out and and um backed garoppolo publicly since since all these rumors have come out i mean it makes sense to me my initial thought was that they were just not giving credence to it by not addressing it publicly uh they you know because you can just give garoppolo a phone call privately and say hey man don't worry about this this stuff's insane like see you in april but i also understand the the Don Yi angle of it too, where having, you know, as many teams as humanly possible in the quote unquote running for a free agent, um, especially when that free agent quarterback is a legend in New England who can already probably drive the price up there, um, who's taken repeated pay cuts there. Um, I, I mean, it makes it makes a lot of sense. Uh, it also makes sense if you're the 49ers to uh, kind of make sure, like you said, at least in the future, keeping all options on the table, whether that that could mean an eventual extension for Garoppolo. Uh, I just I've I've never given a lot of thought to the, the Brady thing in general. Uh, I think the. I think the whole idea that. Kyle Shanahan isn't fully sold on Jimmy Garoppolo. Like I'll buy that way before I'll buy Tom Brady is the guy that, that they want to try and win a Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And another thing I, I wrote about it a little bit in my mailbag is like, well, Kyle Shanahan's a really pragmatic guy. Like if there is something theoretically on the table I think he would he would try to consider all angles of it to see okay is this possible like on its surface no going from a 28 year old quarterback entering his prime who just got you to the Super Bowl or helped get you to the Super Bowl um moving on from him and going with a 43 year old quarterback doesn't really make any sense but there are a couple different things that could happen that would make it justifiable like Say Tom Brady's like, yeah, I'll I'll sign for for two years and thirty million, and then all of a sudden you you have the possibility of whether or not you think Brady's an upgrade over Garoppolo next year or not. I don't. I think Garoppolo is going to be better than Brady next yeah, year. Yeah, me too. But Brady at ten million dollars cheaper, that's a significantly different situation, and. In theory, you trade Garoppolo for somebody's first round pick or um, a, a, a package of picks amounting to something like a first round pick. If you get multiple twos or, you know, a whole bunch of picks back for Garoppolo, all of a sudden you're looking at a, at a smaller cap figure with your quarterback and draft picks in a year where you don't have any picks in rounds two, three and four because yeah. you already traded those away. Then you're talking about, okay, like this makes more sense. And I could see Kyle Shanahan looking at it from that angle. Well, okay, it doesn't make any sense to move on from Brady and 
and and bring in or move on from Garoppolo and bring in Brady in a vacuum. But if you take if you zoom out a little bit and and try to look at what the possibilities are and maybe try to gauge the trade market for Garoppolo and if Brady is willing to come at a discount because he will have a chance to win a Super Bowl with his hometown team, then you say, "All right, this is something I have to at least consider." And it's still probably a long shot in all likelihood. It's it's a long shot, but it's you it's can't like a, you me, can't it's... just dismiss it completely. Be like, well, we can get Brady at ten million dollars less and recoup additional draft picks when we need cap space and draft picks. Like that's something you have to think about if you're Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. Yeah, I think that's right. But when you say a long shot, I think it's like like way a long shot. I right. I just... there, like yeah. There there's no there's we don't know that Brady would even be willing to take a discount like that yeah and and it would kind of defeat the whole purpose of becoming a free agent in the first place since he structured his deal that way because he wanted that like final payday that he's never really gotten in new england right like it the it's one of those things where like all the dots are on the board that doesn't necessarily mean they connect sure so i think it's important though like you said to acknowledge that the dots are there because they are, but that doesn't mean, like, I would bet a substantial amount of money that Jimmy Garoppolo is starting for the 49ers next season. Yeah, I would too. And the the feeling I get is that there isn't a whole lot to the interest. Like, and, and Albert Breer said it on your, on your station today, uh, and he's obviously clued into to the Patriots and, and Tom Brady, but... He said that he thought the all the speculation was more player driven and from Brady's side much more than the 49ers side in terms of like right. interest. Like Brady and it makes all the sense in the world, right? If you're Tom Brady, why wouldn't you want to come to the 49ers right now? Uh, yeah. if you, if you are a free agent, but that doesn't necessarily mean that feeling is reciprocated. Um because the 49ers have a good thing going and Kyle Shanahan said at the combine, I want to bring everybody on this team back because I think we were the best team in the NFL last season, and and yep. we have a, a pretty extended window now um, to win a Super Bowl. And and look, like I've already said it, like I think Brady is going to be worse than Garoppolo in twenty twenty. Um, I think Garoppolo having a full off season healthy to work on being a good football player or improving as a quarterback is going to be super helpful. Um, because last year, you know, talking to him, he's, he was like last off season, I was from like February through April. I was just like learning, relearning how to run. Right. You know, like this is an entirely different thing. So like, yeah. when we know we've talked about like how different Matt Ryan was in his second season in Kyle Sh- under Kyle Shanahan, when, you know, he went to the Super Bowl and won MVP, I think there's a real chance that, that, I mean, Garoppolo was good to very good throughout most of the year like it was yeah. a b b plus season for him he was dude he was he was and this is he was like two throws from winning super bowl mvp right right yeah we, we live in a highly reactionary is. business that's how thin the margin is it's yeah. either wow jimmy garoppolo is the future super bowl mvp in his first year as a starter and now because he missed a couple of throws it's oh my god the world's ending I, yeah. uh r- real quick mm-hmm. um you mentioned, you mentioned Matt Ryan. Matt Schaub's another guy 
when you look at his second season, I'm not going to go through the numbers because it's Matt Schaub and it doesn't really matter, but, uh, <laughs> and I'm going to write about this, but he got substantially better in his second season uh, yeah. under Kyle Shanahan. So I think that's definitely something uh, that the 49ers are looking forward to uh, with, with Garoppolo. And I feel like moving on from him for anything other than a just wild, um, like you said, wildly beneficial trade package and another quarterback, Tom Brady or not, coming on a just massive discount I, I just i can't foresee them punting on garoppolo after one season as a starter where he took them to the super bowl and went 13 and three yeah um, also can i can i get one last thing in the case against yeah, yeah yeah getting rid of garoppolo yeah you're trying to work on an extension with george kittle right who's entering the final year of his deal he is a perennial pro bowler. Looks like he's going to be an all pro for a really long time uh, on the hall of fame trajectory in his career. Might be, uh, might be Jimmy Garoppolo's closest friend in the locker room. Right. And you know that because of locker room access and <laughs> Kittle publicly yeah. like on Instagram out of nowhere, posts a picture of him and Jimmy Garoppolo and says, let's run it back 10. Like, right. Getting rid of Garoppolo now, <laughs> like, really derails those long-term contract talks for Kittle. I, I think. Yeah, yeah, and you know we'll we'll see. I mean, I I think Kittle's Kittle's gonna sign his deal. Um, it might be something where it happens in like over the summer, like some of these big contracts for guys who aren't due in the moment for new contracts. Sometimes right. that stuff, like Kaepernick's deal, his his big contract happened and. I want to say it was June or July. Um, Garoppolo's obviously happened in February before free agency started, but that's because he was a free agent. Um, but yeah, Kittle, Kittle could be something where, all right, let's see where all the dust settles and, and let's get right. it done. I think Buckner is probably going to happen earlier. Um, we'll have to see about that. I actually learned something from our good friend Nick Wagner uh, this week that in my head, I was always like, well, would George Kittle and DeForest Buckner be willing to take like you know, small amounts of money relatively this season in order to, uh, you know, in order to, to allow the team to pay other guys, but that's not how it works at all. And, uh, like how it works is your guaranteed money is basically like your signing bonus or your, however, you know, your cap figure is not what actually goes into your bank account that season, which was just an obvious disconnect that I didn't make when I was thinking about this. And yeah. like, George Kittle could get his entire signing bonus like as soon as he signs and it doesn't really matter at all what his cap number is. And same for Buckner, obviously. So like these dudes, their cap number could be $700,000 next year, but they could still get, you know, a $25 million check in the form of, of a signing bonus and it doesn't matter to them. Um, so I, I do think that made me much more optimistic thinking critically and knowing how this shit works like that these dudes can get their can get their contracts now this offseason um no matter what happens with with the other guys and and obviously it sounds like the CBA stuff is is holding that up but uh we'll have to see um you you wrote a uh a question in our rundown that I want to ask you because you probably have a good take on this is 2020 a make or break year for Jimmy Garoppolo it feels a little bit like it yeah i agree. I, I i think that when you look at just and and I don't think this is new. Like I don't I don't think that that 
this is because of the Super Bowl or because of anything that happened this season. But when you start kind of adding things up from throughout Garoppolo's first year as a starter, specifically in the divisional playoff game, he throws the interception against the Vikings and then throws 14 passes over the next six quarters. Right. Uh, I I think that's pretty telling um, with what Kyle Shanahan kind of his, his trust level in Garoppolo. And I'm not saying that, that this is Garoppolo's last year, no matter what, or he has to win an MVP, but I think there have to be steps forward. I think he has to improve in the throwing the ball to the other team department. (laughs) That just, (laughs) and that happened a lot. Like the, the Seahawks game on, on Monday night football in week 10, he threw or like two or three. He threw like multiple, like there should have been four interceptions in that game. At least yeah. if I, if I remember correctly. Um, and that, that's something that when there's a thought around a quarterback that like, Hey, there's going to be two to four throws today that are, Oh no throws. That's not, that's not great. And something right. like some a coach like Kyle Shanahan isn't gonna have a lot of tolerance for, and it's a give and take with Garoppolo because you're gonna get him converting back to back third and sixteens because he's not afraid to step up into pressure and and throw into a tight window or to uncork one down the field, but it's also gonna put the team in position to to lose games. Yeah, I, I think you know, and asking the question is this a make or break year for? NFL player X. I mean, it's true for basically any NFL player, but it's magnified because it's a quarterback. Yeah. Um, Barring injury, like if Garoppolo is healthy and is just actively bad and takes a significant step back, I have a hard time believing that he would be back as the 49ers quarterback in 21, particularly when Kirk Cousins um, is a free agent. Hey, maybe Tom Brady's a free agent. Maybe he signs a one and one. Um, (laughs) But I mean, barring barring that, like if he if he is if he's as good as he was this year, um, I would think he you're, he he would be your quarterback again yeah, in twenty twenty one. Like I think it would be probably a lateral move to go from this type this level Jimmy Garoppolo to Kirk Cousins, or maybe even a, a downgrade. Move. Yeah, I think so. Um, but I think he would have to actively be bad. But like any any NFL player, really, like who doesn't have uh, a ton of, um, you know, equity with an organization or long-term security in the form of guaranteed money, which Garoppolo won't or doesn't really anymore. Like the 49ers could absolutely move on. And and, and that's something that's going to be interesting to see because, you know, Garoppolo went into last year, there was pressure on him because, well, are you a franchise quarterback? Can you be the guy? Blah, blah, blah. Well, he answered a lot of those questions like, yeah, he can be and and quarterback, you know, on a very good team with a quarterback who was the only guy in the league who was top five in completion percentage yards per attempt and touchdown passes. Like a lot of people look at the 49ers as a team and say, well, I think if they have a weakness, it's probably quarterback. And that's your weakness. Like that level, Dude, of, you, you have a yes. damn good team. Yeah. And, and the thing with the thing that keeps coming up is Garoppolo's contract and how the Niners can, can get out of that contract for relatively cheap. Like that's been the case since he signed his deal. The, they, they front loaded that deal because they had ample cap space 
and now his cap hit is pretty manageable for for a franchise quarterback. Twenty six point six million next year, twenty six point nine in twenty one, and then in twenty twenty two it goes up to twenty seven million. Uh, but his dead cap hit goes down from four point two this year to two point eight next year to one point four in twenty twenty two, and that's why you talk about it's a it's a make or break year for for Garoppolo. I think they hold on to him this year because if there's another level he can go to. I think they're back in the Super Bowl conversation and and at the top of the NFC again. But like you said, if he is actively bad, they can get out from that deal next year with just a $2.8 million dead cap hit. And that's like just coming up because it's it's around. It's not something new the Niners did. It's not like it's not like they structured his restructured his deal after the Super Bowl and said, Whoa, we need to be able to get out of this. Like that's just the, that's that's how the deal went. Whether he was winning an MVP or or losing in the Super Bowl, like it it's just so I just in listening to people talk about it, I, I answer phone calls as part of my job from from fans and we have a lot of Niner fans calling in, you know, talking about this contract and they can get out of it for cheap and, and it just it sounds like the thought is that it just got made like this when right no it was it was built with these trap doors and he's not the only one on the team with it d ford has a contract like that quan alexander has a contract like that right 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 so. yeah so the other thing too is like people talk about well garoppolo makes you know 26 million dollars this year it's the fifth highest mark for a quarterback in 2020 before this massive free agent class of quarterbacks signs their deals um, and 2021, he's ninth. So it's it's very much like the market rate, um, you know, for for what a franchise quarterback is, and it's not it's not really burdening the 49ers like a lot of people would um, would like to say it is, just because it is a big contract for a lot of money relative to the rest of the league. Um, it's going to get better and better as time goes on, and then. You know, if you talk about an extension, then maybe some of his his dollar amounts go up. But we'll have to see. And there's a chance that with the new CBA and with the new TV agreement that the cap spikes significantly next year. And that maybe that makes it even easier to to pay guys like Garoppolo yeah. and George Kittle and, and DeForest Buckner. Um, Watching right. the salary cap over the next couple of years is going to be wild. Yeah. yeah. And maybe the Niners will be able to give Kirk Cousins $50 million and 2021 <laughs> or whatever um let, with that let's uh let's take a quick break ever wonder why traditional button-ups look so long and baggy that's because they were never meant to be worn that way well untuck it shirts were specifically designed to be worn untucked i have an untuck it shirt and i love it um it's durable i can throw it in the dryer i don't have to like iron it it's awesome so no matter your size or shape their shirts are the perfect untucked length and they have more than 50 fit combinations untuck it shirts look great on tall short slim and athletic guys of all ages don't just take my word for it try untuck it for yourself visit untuckit.com and use a promo code blue wire for 20 percent off your first order that is significant because these are nice shirts and they even offer free shipping and returns on all orders within the U.S. That's untuckit, U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T dot com and promo code BLUEWIRE for 20% off your first order. 
All right, so continuing on our conversation leading up to free agency, this is going to be the last episode we record before free agency. And I was thinking about it, like, what's the best way to preview free agency for the 49ers this year? Do we go down the list of guys that they theoretically could sign or, you know, guys who would make sense? Well, I just don't think the Niners are going to be buyers. Like, I don't think they're they're going to be a bunch of, like, big-name dudes that they go after and uh, and pay because they don't have cap space and they have a good team. And Kyle Shanahan came out and said it at the combine. He was like, I want to bring every single person on our team back because I think we're good enough to win the Super Bowl. And so the focus is going to be figuring out a way to get everybody back. And uh, so what I wanted to do is just go through the uh, the three guys, the three guys that we've been talking about the most pending free agents, Eric Armstead, Emmanuel Sanders, and uh, and Jimmy Ward, three starters who um, I don't know that any of them are going to be at the top of their market, but Armstead is probably going to be close to it. Uh, Sanders is, is going to make a significant chunk of change, and he has said um, winning is the most important thing, but I, I don't know that he's going to be somebody who takes a discount to stay with the 49ers. I think you know, teams like the Patriots who badly need receivers and maybe a veteran if they have, if they bring back Tom Brady, they would want a veteran receiver to try to win a Super Bowl next year. Um, you know, he could get a decent amount of money. And then Jimmy Ward is is a massive wild card. So I wanted to go through those three guys, talk about uh, what our predictions are and why we're making those predictions and uh, and just what, what kind of dominoes would fall um, if those things were to happen. So uh, Kyle, do you have a you have a prediction for Eric Armstead? What you think is going to happen with him? Whether it's a tag, a long term deal, um, tag and trade, just letting him walk. What's your what do you think is going to happen? It feels like a tag and trade is the move that would benefit both sides the most. Yeah, uh, just just financially, anyways. I think Armstead genuinely wants to stay in Northern California. He's said that much to me. Yeah, I, I, I don't think he wants to leave. But at the same time, the the Forty ers are in a spot cap wise that any long term deal they're discussing is is probably going to be pretty far under market. Yeah. So I think the Niners give him the non exclusive tag. Um and let him see kind of what else is out there. And maybe because he has one productive season in a contract year on a line that was full of talent, maybe teams look and are kind of wary of it. And he doesn't get this huge deal that, that he thinks he's going to get on the open market. And he, he winds up signing a long-term deal with the Niners because if they do tag him, they have until July 15th to work out uh, a multi-year contract. So... I, I think a tag and trade is is probably the most realistic thing to happen. Uh, the the least realistic thing is for me that he gets tagged and plays the season on the tag. I just financially don't see how that works. Yeah, I think if he gets tagged, he probably gets traded. Um, and I think if he plays for the 49ers in 2020, it's going to be on a multi-year contract. Uh, that gives the 49ers some flexibility. But to your point, which which I think is a good one, I don't think the 49ers are going to be in position to give him 
what he could get on the open market. So it's going to be up to Armstead to tell his reps like, hey, I'll take a pretty significant discount to stay in Northern California where I can be part of this really good team and be close to where I grew up and be surrounded by good defensive linemen. Or I can go cash out somewhere else. And um, I kind of like if I'm the Niners. Like Armstead was very good, like really good. He led the team in sacks. He should have went to the Pro Bowl. Um, The Pro Bowl thing's dumb because like you, you are rewarded a season later. Like you have to be good for multiple years unless you're just like a receiver or something who scores a bunch of touchdowns. Um, you have to be good for multiple years before you get recognized by fan votes or coaches or whatever. Um, the the thing is, is like, if you're paying Buckner, you know, Buckner's, Buckner is worth 17, 18, 19 million dollars a year. Um, you're already paying D Ford, what, 17 and a half on average. So you're paying, once you pay Buckner, you're paying two guys at the top of their markets. Uh, and you have Nick Bosa coming up in a long time, but you, you do, I mean, he's already making a decent chunk of change because he is the number two pick. Solomon Thomas is making a decent chunk, chunk of change because he's a number three pick. Um, just given the Niners cap situation and that you're probably not going to be able to pay Armstead and Buckner, what, 35 million combined and, uh, you know, all the other big contracts you have. I just don't know that that's the best use of resources. Even though Armstead was so good and such an important player for what they did last year. And I think about what the Patriots like to do and what they're so good at is knowing when to move off of guys and knowing that guys are replaceable and we can get a certain amount of production at a much cheaper price. And a tag and trade for me is what I would do if I were the 49ers because you do need to recoup some draft picks yeah. on day two. Um, if you can get a second rounder for Armstead, I'd do that, I'd do that oh my gosh, yeah. 10 times out of 10 because you need a receiver, most likely, and we'll get to Emmanuel Sanders here shortly, but you need a receiver, you might need a safety, um, and you could just straight up draft Armstead's replacement. And, like, there are a lot of really yeah. good defensive linemen who come in the second round. Like, Chris Jones was a second-round pick. Yep. Um. So, I that's what I would do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe A.J. Epinesa, the guy from Iowa, maybe he's available at, at 31. And maybe you just plug him in right away. Um, but if I'm the 49ers, I am not paying Armstead $19 million on the tag this year. Um, I'm trying to figure out if I can get – uh, compensation for him uh, which would help the team moving forward in a more cost-effective way and would save you all the cap space that you need go ahead sorry i'm gonna, for cutting I'm, gonna you off. I'm gonna counterpoint on the patriots thing a little bit okay the patriots have a general manager slash head coach who is a defensive wizard who is excellent at finding pieces all across the defense that allow them to replace pieces elsewhere on the defense and still have them be uh productive I i'm think sensing the... a large amount of robert solid disrespect right now no no not necessarily <laughs> but i think if if you're going to pay what they might be paying on the defensive line and that defensive line allows you to just kind of rotate out cornerbacks and safeties uh and and not need an elite shutdown corner 
uh, on the outside because the pass rush is so good. I, I think that helps you save money at those spots uh, because sure. you can get by with, with passable talent uh, rather than uh, elite uh, top-end talent. At least that's that's uh, my thought there. My uh, counter- there's a reason that, that ultimately there's, a, there's like a reason that not a lot of teams follow the Patriots model. And that's because it's so goddamn hard to do. Yeah, I agree with that. My counterpoints, your counterpoint is Trey Flowers. Whoa, hey, whoa. Okay, let's, we don't, uh, okay, fine. Chandler Jones, boom. I'm counterpoint, yeah. dude, where you can do this all day. All right, Chandler Jones is a good one. Um, Welcome back to Foxborough Chronicles. <laughs> Gillette Chronicles. Um, yeah, I, I did, yeah. For uh, you no, need I, you need cap space and you need uh you need yeah. draft picks and Armstead as good as he is I think I think it's replaceable and I I don't know that you're hurting super badly if you lose him and you can draft somebody maybe in round one or two um that you think might be as talented on a much cheaper contract all right uh Emmanuel Sanders what's your prediction slash how would you handle the Emmanuel Sanders situation. I don't think there's really a situation where they actively try to bring him back. Sanders has tweeted, I think it was on Monday, that he hasn't had talks with the Niners. There have been no offers. I think the Niners are happy to let him explore free agency. And if there's just no market, I think there will be. I think he'll get a multi-year deal, even though he is going into his age 33 season. He's very productive at 32 if there's no market and he's going to come back on a one-year, $6 million deal, I'm just throwing numbers out, uh, then I think they would happily take him back. But I don't think that they're going to insult him with a low offer, knowing that he's probably going to get more than they're able to afford uh, on the open market. Yeah. And they have two second-round picks and a third-round pick invested in wide receiver just in the last two years. Trent Taylor's coming back off a foot injury. They have so many... They'll, they'll probably draft another receiver this year. Like I, they just have so much invested in that position that I think spending what it's going to take to get Sanders back on the roster is is not something the Niners are are, are looking to do. Yeah, I think it would have to be at a pretty significant discount too. I think you let Sanders go, um, and he was a great player for he was he was the exact player that they needed it was really a great acquisition for the Niners because you look at just what the offense was like before and after his signing it was night and day and he had a huge impact on that room um but that doesn't mean that you keep him going forward and and spend the money it's going to take because he's going to get competitive offers like the Colts probably going to get Philip Rivers or at least they'll have Jacoby Brissett. They need a receiver and they have 86 million in cap space. Um you know, the Browns have 67 million in cap space. I know they already have receivers, but like Houston has 61 million in cap space. They could they could use a more consistent receiver. Um Chargers 57, uh the Titans have 50 million, the Patriots have 41 million. Like you go down the list of like some of these good teams with where, you know, Sanders could make the case that he could contend for a Super Bowl next year. Like there's a lot of money out there potentially for a receiver like him because he is a veteran influence. Um he's tough as hell. He's still fast. And uh and you know, we saw how quickly he came off the Achilles injury last year. 
Like, he's a very good player. I just, with the way things are going for the 49ers, I think you just kind of got to let him go. Mostly because this is such a good draft for receivers. And we talked about some guys last week. Like, there are going to be starter qual- starter caliber receivers, I think probably down to round three. So if I'm the Niners, like, if I'm trading Armstead and getting a pick in round two, or if I'm trading back from 31, or doing both, like, if I could get, ideally, like, I'm trying to get as many picks on day two as possible. Um, I would rather replace Armstead with, you know, a rookie in round two, um, the guy from Oklahoma, I forget his name, but I like him a lot. Uh, and there are just so many receivers. CD Lamb? Yeah. CD Lamb's good. I don't know that he's going to be I thought that's who you were thinking of. No. Um, the uh, defensive lineman from Oklahoma. <laughs> oh, I thought we were talking receivers. He's a round sorry. two guy. I completely um, misheard what was going on. Yeah, but, I, but I, think, I think you draft a receiver in rounds one, two, or three. Um, and you let Sanders go, and then you hope Debo Samuel becomes a number one next year. You still have George Kittle, who's your top option. And then you uh, you hope you get something from Jalen Hurd and Trent Taylor, and you try to bring Kendrick Bourne back, uh, who's restricted, who I think the 49ers have a good chance of bringing back. I don't know that Matt Breed is going to come back, and maybe we can talk about that next week. Um, but, yeah, I as, as much as it probably pains – Kyle Shanahan, I would I would uh advise moving on from Emmanuel Sanders. Not to that's not in any way like a diss on Sanders. I just it doesn't to, I don't know that it makes sense for the 49ers to keep to, him. To me it's the opposite. It's like, hey, this guy's still really good and he's gonna get more money than the right. 49ers can afford. Like I I right. I think it's very much not a diss. Um okay, our guy, Jimmy Ward. So I think you and I have both, we've already kicked Eric Armstead and Emmanuel Sanders off the team. So, uh, I mean, this is, it sounds kind of crazy, right? To be like, well, you take two players who were good and Armstead has had his injury issues, but I guess it's funny to be like, yeah, get rid of Sanders, you know, durable, um, tough, whatever. And like, yeah, re-sign Jimmy Ward. Like do that. The guy, like the guy who's perennially hurt, but like, the guy who this time last year was just being written off as a he's gone because he can't stay healthy. Yeah. Draft so, safety in the first round. So I'm re-signing Ward. Um, I am too. Yeah. You and I are in lockstep. We need to we need to like conflict more. We need to stop agreeing so much. Okay, but, here's okay, here's look, Jimmy Ward played all thirteen games that that he was healthy for this year. He broke his collarbone uh, early on in the offseason program, but got Six, his starting 16 combat. games, including the playoffs. Uh, 16, there you go. And in the regular season, save for uh, a couple of that weird game in Washington, the blowout against Carolina, a blowout against Green Bay, and the Seattle game where he got banged up for a play or two. He played a hundred percent of the snaps in every game. Yeah, he was as durable as it gets uh, when he was on the field. Um, the The counter argument for Jimmy Ward is you don't want to pay him top what twelve safety money. I don't think who- you need to. Like I, I wrote down here, like three years, twenty one million. So all right, three years, twenty one million, and what nine guaranteed? Ten. 
Uh, you probably guarantee a significant chunk of the first two. I mean, he might he might be able to command more than that. The thing is with the safety market is two years ago is completely dead and nobody right. got any money. Right. And then last year, every safety cashed out. And there were a lot of I mean, there were a lot of good safeties on the market last year, but like Earl Thomas cashed out, Tyron Matthew cashed out, um, Landon Collins cashed out. So I have no idea. It seems like the safety market is super volatile. If I were another team, I would be terrified of of investing significant money in Jimmy Ward, which is I which is why I think he's not going to cost a ton of money. And if sure. you're the Niners, like he's one of those people who has more value to his incumbent team than he would a different team. And yeah, Ward tweeted it out like you look at these safe I thought it was really interesting. You look at these safeties that the Niners are being linked to in round 1 or whatever like those guys don't play like I play. Like they're not yeah. rangy single high dudes. And it's such an important position in this defense and continuity proved to be so important after there was no continuity in 2018. Like if I'm the Niners coming off the year where I have the best pass defense of the last decade, like I'm bringing my free safety back yeah. because he's a good player. He knows the scheme. Continuity is going to be massive. We're probably going to be incorporating new corners. Uh, we have more pressing needs at receiver and potentially defensive line in the draft. Um, he's and he's probably the most reasonably. Oh, he's definitely going to be the most reasonably priced compared to Armstead and Sanders. I think Ward is what twenty six. Need to go back and look. Jimmy Ward is twenty eight years old. Twenty nine. Okay. On, uh, in July. Okay, so te- I mean, he's still in his prime, and he does have injury issues. But like, the dude, like the hit on Patrick Mahomes, how the many ones that forced a fumble? The one that forced a fumble and forced that fourth down instead of, I mean, Mahomes was past the sticks, and Ward comes down, knocks him, knocks the ball out of his hands. The ball goes backwards and it ends up being a fourth down. Like it should have yeah. been a first down, but because of Ward's hit, and how many safeties? Like I don't know how many other safeties in the NFL make that hit and do it in a way that's legal. Yeah, no, I think, I think you're right. And I think that, that that's the argument for Ward, but at the same time, like he's been healthy one season out of the last six or one season, I guess, out of the last five, he played 16 games in 2015. Yeah. So I, I, I'm pro bringing back Jimmy Ward, but I understand if there's uh, somebody out there who says last year was the was the anomaly. the the I, the the funny thing about the Xavier McKinney and Grant Delpit, the two safeties that he referenced in that Instagram post, those guys are strong safeties, in my opinion. Well, yeah, well, and even if they're not, like they're first round safeties, and I don't think the Niners are picking in the first round. Right. Like it's not a guarantee those guys even get to 31. I think the Niners are trading back from 31, in which case I think they're off the board completely. Right. So and maybe Ashton Davis, the guy from Cal, is somebody you can get in round two. He he to me sure. seems like a Jimmy Ward kind yes. of player. Yes, same. But like, do you want to have to draft a safety there or bring in somebody else when you potentially need to draft a defensive lineman or a receiver or right. an offensive lineman, whatever else? I mean, you have other needs, so. I'm bringing Ward back, if it's me, and uh, no, I am too. and he's and he's the cheapest guy of the three, and the the thing is is like you have a decent insurance policy in Traverius Moore, and maybe the 49ers are comfortable enough with more, uh, 
as a starter to to just move on and not have to you know move on from Ward and then let you know and not worry about drafting a free safety early. But to me, we know I just if I learned anything about the 49ers the last couple of years, it's the importance of continuity. Um, and having continuity at safety last year where they basically just started, you know, I think there were what three combinations of safeties, whatever. I mean, it was basically Jimmy Ward was playing free safety the entire year. The Niners had eight different combinations of safeties in 2018 while they had one of the worst pass defenses in the league. And one of the reasons why they were the best pass defense in the league was because of Jimmy Ward, um, playing on the back end. And I know he had help, but like, to me, I think there's more value in bringing Ward back at seven, eight million, nine million a year than there would be at, you know, bringing back Sanders at nine, ten, eleven, or Armstead at fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, whatever that would take. That's my my GM take. Yeah, I'm I'm bringing back Jimmy Ward unless he gets like a massive payday on the open market. All right, so uh, we're at fifty minutes. We did the Tom Brady thing. We did the the major free agency thing. We will record next week. So on Monday, the legal tampering period opens Monday morning. Uh, We might have resolution on the 49ers franchise tag. Hopefully by the end of this week, we'll have a resolution on the CBA. So some of these dominoes can start falling and uh, we'll have things to write about that are actually concrete and like newsy rather than just speculation. Um, But uh, yeah, everybody stay safe. Wash your hands. Um, stay, stay home if you're sick and, uh, be healthy and and prosper. Live long and prosper. Be healthy and prosper. I need to stop talking. All right. We'll talk to you guys next week. The Starship Enterprise Chronicles. (laughs) You guys enjoy the start of free agency.